0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in the sight of God, who is my Lord and Rock and Redeemer. The words of God that we are focusing on are the introductory words to tonight's reading from Scripture from 1 Peter. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. You might think that I'm going to continue now with the children's message. um, Because I want to talk to you about the fairy tale, Three Little Pigs. We all grew up with these stories, right? And kids to this very day still do. Uh, But we do have to remind ourselves that the stories are made up, that animals aren't really human. And and so if we just review briefly what the story goes about, it's about three pigs who make decisions to build houses, one straw, one sticks for wood, and one is brick. Now you and I all know which is the best choice there. But we also hear about a wolf who comes to the house of the first pig and wants to get in and knocks on the door and uh, all of a sudden he huffs and he puffs and the door falls down. As a matter of fact, the whole house collapses. Uh, what he sees in the middle of the pile of straw is the first pig dead then there's a second pig that the wolf goes to and uh, his house is a little bit stronger but the same thing happens it collapses with puffing and puffing and the third house withstands all this and the wolf gets so frustrated that he goes up and tries to cut down the chimney and well to make it clear that's the end of the roof, wolf and uh, we don't hear any more about him. But we're told that the third pig lived happily ever after and no mention of God or Jesus. Somehow that pig did that. Or to make it have a good ending. Kind of nice to go back to childhood stories. Have you heard the other version? There's another version to this story and it's presented by the wolf well you know what can happen here don't you Uh, he said it's all a misunderstanding it's just a matter of sneezing and a cup of sugar he was at his own home making a birthday cake for his dear old granny and he ran out of sugar so he went next door to one pig who had a house of straw and asked him for a cup of sugar but uh, the pig would not cooperate and the house fell down there he saw that pig laying in the midst of the straw and he thought Well, what a shame I can't leave a good ham dinner there. (laughs) Moves on to the second pig, and much the same experience. Things don't work out too well yet. Then it goes to the third pig, and uh, there the pig through the door insults him, and he gets angry. Just as he's about to act on this anger, the police arrive, arrest him, and that's the end of the wolf. It's all misunderstanding, you understand. Matter of fact, he says, news reporters got a hold of this story and they made him out to be the big, bad wolf. So I don't know if you like the first story or the best because it's the original, or the second one because it's the wolf defending himself. But think about it. We can trace back this particular story to England when it was first printed in the 1800s. Now, we don't know for sure whether or not Dr. Martin Luther knew the or whether he ever read it, but he made an interesting statement in his own ministry when he wanted us to know what things were about, because he was really concerned about the devil and how he affected the life of Christian people. And so Luther, in a sermon in Lent, 1534, that's a few years ago, he preached these words. God the Lord here has yielded over a perfectly pure lamb to the jaws of the devil. Who with a vengeance gnashes on it and his teeth and fancies that he will woof it down. But finally he will have to leave it undevolved. Well to Luther the devil is like a big bad wolf. An evil being who has no good intent and who be- uses deceit and lies to affect people's lives. Remember what he did with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? Remember what he tried to do with Jesus in the wilderness when he was there for 40 days. And what the devil did succeed in doing in the Garden of Eden was reversed by Jesus in his life and suffering and death on the cross. You and I know that suffering comes in many different forms, and that's what we're talking about tonight. Suffering can be physical, and we can talk about band-aids and simple things like that, but... uh, it can be a stomach ache. it can be a broken arm, it can be a lot of things that are painful and difficult to bear. Physical suffering is very challenging. Or it can be emotional. Sometimes we humans, even at our Christian spirit and faith, get misled into worry, and we worry about finances, and we worry about this, we worry about that, and most of all, we usually worry about loved ones. Or suffering can be spiritual. Sin is only there tempting. The devil is always trying to lure us into something that we shouldn't do. And, and so we learn very simply and very sincerely that when God's word is disregarded and sin occurs, it can cause significant suffering. Many of us know about suffering in all these forms and others as well, I'm sure. But we have a confession of faith that puts us back on track again that I'd like to just share these important words that are expressed. I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy innocent bitter sufferings and death of your beloved son Jesus Christ to be gracious and merciful to me a poor sinful being. Confession is very clear to direct our spirits and our attention to the fact that Jesus suffered and died on the cross that we can make a confession of sin and receive God's forgiveness. It's very important that we never lose sight of that connection. So if we're going to go and stand at a cross of Jesus Christ's memory, or we're going to stand in a sermon and think about suffering, never forget about what Jesus Christ went through for us. When we ask the children, why would a mother kiss a owl? We would know the answer is pretty simple, right? Because she loves the child. And why would God have Jesus die on that cross for our sin? it's a, tes- a testimony of his love for us in every way we could have ever asked for and are grateful for. Max Licato tells a story about a medical missionary who was a Christian leader. And his name was Dr. George W. Harley. Many years ago he went to Liberia to establish a medical missionary site among the Mano tribe. He was there for quite a while and as he grew his practice he was beginning to treat as many as 10,000 or more people a year. After five years in the town where they were living, Uh, They had a child, he and his wife, and they were so excited. This was their first child, and uh, when he was born, he was a boy, and uh, they called him Robert, or usually referred to him as Bobby. When Bobby was four years old, he became ill with a tropical fever. And when the father observed all of his symptoms, he tried to console his son, Bobby, don't worry. Your dad knows how to treat tropical fever. I'm going to take care of you, and you'll get better. Certainly the father doctor meant every word of what he said. But it didn't happen. And the boy died. The doctor went to his workshop, and used his skill to craft a coffin, placed the body of his son in it, and nailed it shut. And as he was taking it to carry it out to bury it, an old resident of the village saw him and said, can I help you? And he helped him go into the forest to find a clearing, and they dug the grave, and they put the coffin in, and they covered it up. And at that time, the doctor just fell to his knees and began to sob and cry without control. The old man that was with him looked at him with amazement, didn't quite understand all this, and uh, got down and sat in the ground next to him. Then after a while, the old man got up and began to run down the trail from which they came and yelling very strongly, White man, white man, cry like one of us. That evening, as the doctor and his wife were still in their residence, grieving, because their sorrow was great indeed, they had a knock on the door. And when they opened the door, there stood the tribal chief and most of the people who lived in the village. They came to the chapel the next week for the first time in all the years that the doctor and his wife had been doing their Christian medical mission. And they filled the chapel to overflowing. And they said very simply, we want to hear about Jesus. I trust that's why you came tonight. That you too know that you have a need for the forgiveness of sin and you want to hear about God's plan to the life, suffering, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ you see in that village everything changed everything changed when they saw this Christian doctor crying and his tears when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ and we behold him there suffering and dying for us and if God the Father won't even go and intervene or intercept what's going on because he says he loves us so much that he gives us his only son. That's what was so tragic for the doctor and his wife. This was their only son. And they bared that grief for quite a while. You know, when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ and we wonder many things, never forget that Jesus has said before, the Father and I are one. For like Father like sun. And this would probably be a time when Luther would say, that is enough. Amen. May the peace of God keep and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.